Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for standing by. Welcome to the Hudbay Minerals, Inc. fourth quarter and full year 2020 results and annual guidance conference call. At this time, all participants are in listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star then 1 on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and 0. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded today, February 19, 2021, at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. I will now turn the conference over to Candice Brule, Director of Investor Relations. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator. Good morning and welcome to HUDBase 2020 Fourth Quarter Results Conference Call. HUDBase financial results were issued yesterday and are available on our website at www.hudbay.com. A corresponding PowerPoint presentation is available and we encourage you to refer to it during this call. Our presenter today is Peter Kukilski, HUDBase President and Chief Executive Officer. Accompanying Peter for the Q&A portion of the call will be Steve Douglas, our Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Officer, Cashel Marr, our Senior Vice President and Chief Operating Officer, and Eugene Lee, our Senior Vice President, Corporate Development and Strategy. Please note that comments made on today's call may contain forward-looking information, and this information by its nature is subject to risks and uncertainties. And as such, actual results may differ materially from the views expressed today. For further information on these risks and uncertainties, please consult the company's relevant filings on CDAR and EDGAR. These documents are also available on our website. As a reminder, all amounts discussed on today's call are in U.S. dollars unless otherwise noted. And now I'll pass the call over to Peter Kukilski. Peter? Thank you, Candice. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I I know it's been a long week for you all, so we at Hardbay are especially appreciative of your joining us uh, for this call. I hope that everybody is staying safe and healthy as we approach the anniversary of the pandemic We continue to focus on the safety of our employees and stakeholders, and we believe that our diligence in screening, testing, and workplace protocols has been effective in achieving our objective of being a safe employer and neighbor, and we will continue to adapt our site-specific measures to conform to the regional health authority's latest guidelines. In this presentation today, I'll touch on our corporate achievements and challenges in 2020, followed by an overview of our production and cost outlook as we execute our key strategic objectives for 2021. 2020 was an extraordinary year. While it brought many unforeseen challenges, we faced these, we persevered, and we achieved production and unit cost guidance while advancing our growth initiatives. In March, we announced the second phase of our Snow Lake Gold strategy, which saw a 35% increase in our Snow Lake Gold reserves a 41% increase in the life of mine gold production at Lalor and increased the annual gold production at Lalor to over 150,000 ounces at lowest quartile cash costs and sustaining cash costs. 
In May, we funded the new Britannia Mill refurbishment project with a timely gold prepay transaction. We've advanced the project to 73% completion to date. We also identified the potential to produce gold from the new Britannia Mill earlier than expected in 2021 through the installation of modular flotation cells at the gold plant. We upgraded the NI43101 resource estimate at the 1901 deposit and increased the size of the base metal resources while defining a new gold-rich inferred resource. From an operating perspective, we experienced an unfortunate incident in October with the 777 mine hoist rope and skip. The team quickly remedied the problem and the repair activities were completed well ahead of the estimated schedule and budget. Despite the 777 production interruption, our Manitoba operations exceeded the top end of our 2020 copper production guidance range and refined zinc metal production was higher than it has been in over 10 years. We were extremely pleased with the productivity at our Snow Lake operations as the Laurel Mine and Stall Concentrator both achieved record quarterly and annual production during the year. In Peru, we signed the Pampacancha Surface Rights Agreement with the community of Chiaroya in February of 2020, after which we initiated the Consulta Previa process and discussions with individual land users. However, with the onset of the pandemic in March, the Peruvian government declared a national state of emergency. This halted the Pampacancha processes until later in the year, once meetings were able to be held virtually or in person while adhering to social distancing protocols. We were pleased to finally complete the Consulta Previa process at the end of the year with strong community support, which led to the receipt of the final mining permit for Pampacancha in early 2021. Limited site pre-development activities have commenced. Discussions with the one remaining land user family are ongoing, and we expect the initial mining of the deposit will commence in the second quarter of 2021. Following the government's declaration of a state of emergency, Constancia operations were temporarily suspended for eight weeks from March until May. The mine completed a quick and efficient ramp-up to full production while operating under increased COVID-19 measures of extensive quarantining and testing of workers prior to coming to site. In September, Constancia became the first mine to obtain the safeguard certification from Bureau Veritas in Peru for compliance with all of the protocols from its COVID-19 surveillance plan after an exhaustive audit of the mine's policies and procedures. During the third quarter, we announced follow-up drilling results on our Constancia North target, which intersected porphyry and scarn mineralization north of the Constancia pit, and the mineralization remains open to the north. The encouraging results will be incorporated into our annual reserve and resource update for Constancia which will be released at the end of March. In 2020, we advanced the exploration programs at Coincha North, where we recently commenced drilling, and at the Yagen property in northern Peru, where we received all required permits to begin drilling this year. We also advanced several other strategic initiatives across the organization. Our teams have done an outstanding job of implementing COVID-19 protocols in all of our operations. Their focus on achieving strong results despite changing the way they work has been quite remarkable. In Arizona, we advanced the appeals process for Rosemont with the filing of our initial briefs in June, followed by final briefs in November, 
in conjunction with the filings of supportive briefs by the federal government. In the second half of the year, we commenced an exploration drill program on our wholly owned land near Rosemont in an historic copper mining district called Helvetia. We also continued to consolidate lands near our Mason project in Nevada and advanced work in preparation for a preliminary economic study for Mason. We solidified our management team with my confirmation as CEO earlier in the year and the appointment of Steve Douglas as CFO in June. In September, we completed the refinancing of our 2023 senior and secured notes, which pushed out the maturity to 2029 and lowered the interest rate by over 1%. And last but not least, we maintained ongoing dialogue with our surrounding communities in Peru and Manitoba to provide pandemic relief support where we could. Turning to slide four, Fourth quarter consolidated copper production increased by 7% from the third quarter of 2020, primarily as a result of higher mill throughput and recoveries at Constancia and higher copper grades and recoveries in Manitoba. Consolidated gold production increased by 14% compared to the third quarter due to higher grades at Lalor and higher recoveries at the store mill. Zinc production contained in concentrate declined quarter over quarter as a result of the reduced output from the 777 mine. However, refined zinc metal production increased from the third quarter as we continued to process available zinc concentrate inventories at the zinc plant while the 777 shaft was being repaired. The strong copper, gold, and silver production in the quarter offset the lower zinc production, resulting in relatively no change in copper equivalent production compared to last quarter. Consolidated cash costs declined from the third quarter levels due to higher copper production and higher byproduct revenue, partially offset by higher operating costs. Consolidated all-in sustaining cash cost remained relatively unchanged from the third quarter. Operating cash flow before change in non-cash working capital was $86 million during the fourth quarter, reflecting a slight increase from the third quarter due to higher realized copper and zinc prices and working capital changes. This also led to significantly improved adjusted net loss and adjusted EBITDA results in the fourth quarter. Adjusted net loss was $0.06 cents per share, and adjusted EBITDA was $107 million. For the full year 2020, we met the guidance ranges for all of our metals, Copper production was lower year-over-year as a result of lower grades at Constancia and the impact of the eight-week temporary production interruption. However, consolidated gold production increased by 9% over 2019 levels as significantly higher gold production from Manitoba more than offset lower production in Peru. This allowed us to capitalize on higher gold prices this year as we saw a 24% increase in Manitoba's gold sales volumes in 2020 compared with 2019. We exited the year with $439 million in cash and equivalents, which positions us well to pursue our strategic growth investments in 2021. On slide five, you will find a summary of our Peru operating results. Our Constancia team delivered strong performance this year while operating in a challenging social and political environment. During the quarter, production of copper, gold, and silver were higher than the third quarter of 2020 as a result of the ramp-up to full production after the temporary suspension of operations. 
Full year 2020 production levels were lower than 2019 due to lower grades in line with mine plan and the production interruption in the second quarter. The mine achieved excellent operational efficiencies during the quarter with a 10% increase in ore mined compared to the third quarter. Ore milled was also higher than the third quarter as a result of a fourth quarter plant maintenance shutdown that was deferred to January 2021. Recoveries of copper, gold, and silver were all higher than the third quarter due to ongoing recovery optimization efforts and actively managing the characteristics of the ore feed. Unit operating costs in the fourth quarter were higher than the third quarter, primarily as a result of higher mining costs, but full-year combined unit operating costs were in line with 2019 levels. Peru's cash cost was lowered in the previous quarter due to higher byproduct credits and higher copper production. Sustaining cash cost increased quarter over quarter, primarily due to capitalized exploration related to option payments for properties surrounding Constancia in the fourth quarter. Year-over-year cash cost and sustaining cash cost increased as a result of lower production due to the temporary mine interruption during the second quarter and lower grades as we progress through the mine plan. As I mentioned previously, we achieved our production and unit cost guidance ranges for Peru in 2020. Now moving to the next slide on Manitoba, we were pleased with the business unit's response to the 777 shaft incident. The business continuity plan relocated employees and equipment from 777 to Lalor and utilized Lalor's ramp to truck additional ore to surface from the upper parts of the mine at a rate of approximately 650 tons per day. This allowed Lalo to achieve record quarterly production, averaging over 5,000 tons per day in the fourth quarter. Lalo continued to produce at a higher tonnage rate through the month of December, mainly due to ongoing continuous improvement initiatives. As a result of these efforts, together with higher head grades and recoveries, production of copper and gold production was higher than the previous quarter. We continue to see strong performance from the stall concentrator with record throughput of over 4,000 tons per day achieved in the fourth quarter and approximately 3,870 tons per day on an annual basis. Full year ore processed at stall increased by 9% as a result of ongoing continuous improvement initiatives and higher ore availability from the Lal ore mine. Unit operating costs in the fourth quarter increased by 11% compared to the third quarter but remained within the annual guidance range despite the 777 production interruption. Manitoba's cash cost and sustaining cash cost per pound of copper produced continued to benefit from higher byproduct credits. As I mentioned previously, Manitoba exceeded the top end of our copper production guidance range and met all other production and unit cost guidance by, for 2020. Turning to slide seven, while 2021 continues to be a year of execution and delivery for HUD Bay, our achievements in 2020 have positioned us well to deliver many key objectives this year. Our 2021 objectives are to focus on operational efficiencies and maintain our low costs of production to continue to generate positive cash flow and strong returns on invested capital to execute development and commence mining activities at the high-grade Pampacancha satellite deposit, further enhancing Constancia's production and cost profile, to deliver the refurbishment of the new Britannia gold mill to significantly increase gold production from Lalor, 
completing the second phase of the Snow Lake Gold Strategy. To continue to progress the third phase of our Snow Lake Gold Strategy to further increase annual production scale by advancing studies to optimize recoveries, throughput, resource conversion, and exploration. To advance the appeals process and alternative options to unlock value at Rosemont. To maintain Constantia's industry-leading efficiency metrics by identifying areas of upside through continuous improvement initiatives at the mill and ongoing near mine exploration. To drill regional copper exploration targets near Constantia in northern Peru and at Rosemont while continuing to advance exploration programs in the Snow Lake region, Peru, and Nevada. To support our workforce, their families, and the communities in which we operate through continuing to make health and safety a priority and providing ongoing COVID-19 support in line with our ESG principles. And the last objective is to evaluate exploration, organic growth and acquisition opportunities that meet our stringent strategic criteria and allocate capital to pursue those opportunities that create sustainable value for the company and our stakeholders. Moving to the subject of guidance, in 2021, we forecast consolidated copper production to increase by 7% compared to 2020 production, primarily as a result of higher expected copper production in Peru. We expect consolidated gold production in 2021 to increase by 62% year-over-year due to higher gold production in both Manitoba and Peru. In Manitoba, we expect gold production to increase by 40% in 2021 due to the planned early startup of the new Britannia mill. In Peru, we expect gold production to be more than triple that in 2020 as we begin to see the benefits from the higher grades at the Pampacancha satellite deposit. We expect zinc production to decline year over year as a result of prioritizing the mining of the gold-rich zones at Lalor in connection with the early startup of the new Britannia mill, which will result in mining less of the zinc-rich base metal zones at Lalor. Peru's 2021 production guidance assumes mining of Pampacancha will begin in the second quarter, with the initial phase of lower copper grades but higher gold grades expected to continue for the balance of the year before higher copper grades are forecast to enter the mine plan in 2022. Manitoba's 2021 production guidance contemplates an increase in Lalor's mine throughput to 4,650 tons per day from the previous 4,500 tons per day as we expect the recent trend of stronger production from the mine to continue. We plan to publish updated mine plans for our Constantia and Snow Lake operations with our annual mineral reserve and resource update at the end of March 2021. Given the pending mine plan updates, we will issue our updated three-year production outlook in conjunction with the release of the updated mine plans. We expect the new Constantia mine plan to reflect an increase in copper and gold production from 2022 to 2025 as the higher grades from the Pampacancha deposit enter the mine plan. This is expected to offset the lost copper production from the 777 closure in mid-2022 and enable a steady state in our consolidated copper production. It will also incorporate new reserves from the Constantia North property, which will extend the Constantia pit. We expect the new Snow Lake mine plan to reflect an increase in Laulor's mine production rate beyond 4,650 tons per day and incorporate the results of the 1901 pre-feasibility study and the stall mill recovery improvement study. Now turning to annual cost guidance on slide 9, 
we expect total capital expenditures to decline by 11% year-over-year, primarily due to lower expected growth spending in Peru in 2021. Total planned sustaining capital expenditures are expected to increase from 2020 levels, primarily due to the deferral of heavy civil works and capitalized stripping expenditures in Peru from 2020 into 2021. A tailings dam raise is underway at Constancia, and the associated heavy civil works accounts for a significant portion of the 2021 sustaining costs in Peru. Also, a portion of the Pampa Cancha heavy civil works has been reclassified from growth to sustaining capital expenditures in 2021. We expect Peru's sustaining capital expenditures to begin to decline in 2022. Manitoba growth capital of $75 million includes approximately $70 million for the remaining spend on the new Britannia mill refurbishment project and approximately $5 million for the construction of a new long-term camp facility in Snow Lake. The increase in Manitoba's growth capital spending includes approximately $20 million in New Britannia project expenditures deferred from 2020 into 2021, and approximately $13 million in additional project costs as a result of the completion of a definitive estimate that incorporates project scope additions and COVID-19-related costs. Peru growth capital spending of $5 million includes a portion of the Pampa Cancha project development expenditures that was deferred from 2020, but excludes the costs associated with completing the remaining individual land user agreement due to the ongoing nature of the negotiations. A significant portion of the total land user agreements cost was completed last year. We expect total exploration expenditures in 2021 to be higher than in 2020, as we plan to conduct additional drilling in Peru and Arizona. In Peru, we are drilling the Kewincha North Scon target property located approximately 10 kilometers north of Constancia. We also plan to start drilling the Yagen Greenfield project located near the city of Trujillo in northern Peru after the rainy season is complete. In Manitoba, we are conducting a winter drill program focused on expanding the 1901 deposit and testing drill targets identified between 1901 and the Lalor mine. And in Arizona, we continue to drill in the Helvetia Copper region, following up on interesting intersections, and we will provide further details once we receive all of the assay results. We expect unit operating costs in 2021 to be modestly higher than in 2020, with the inclusion of the new Britannia mill and higher input costs in Peru. HUD Bay introduced consolidated cash cost and sustaining cash cost guidance in 2021. We expect consolidated cash cost per pound of copper produced, net of byproduct credits, to slightly increase from 2020 levels due to the expected increase in unit costs, partially offset by expected higher copper production and higher byproduct credits. We expect consolidated sustaining cash costs to be consistent with 2020 as lower sustaining capital expenditures are expected to offset the increase in cash costs. The last topic I'll touch on is the execution of our growth initiatives. We continue to make significant progress at the new Britannia refurbishment project as seen on slide 10. The project continues to track ahead of the original schedule with overall project progress at approximately 73% complete. Construction of the new copper flotation building continues to advance as planned. Construction of the pipeline between the new Britannia and stall mills has been completed. 
Total project spending in the new Britannia refurbishment project is forecast to be approximately $13 million higher than budget, as I mentioned earlier. As the project nears completion, we have a higher classification of the project capital estimate. The project scope has been adjusted to incorporate changes to the stall tailings pipeline configuration due to processing considerations, in addition to the implemented scope changes related to the installation of temporary modular copper flotation cells to achieve early production at the gold plant. Also, as you can imagine, the COVID-19 pandemic has given rise to some additional costs associated with remote project management and pandemic safety protocols. Refurbishment activities at the gold plant continue to remain ahead of the original schedule with commissioning expected to be completed in mid-2021. Ramp-up and first production at the gold plant is expected early in the third quarter of 2021. Copper flotation building construction activities are on track for commissioning and ramp-up during the fourth quarter of 2021. Operational readiness activities in support of the early startup of New Britannia are on track with the underground development rates in gold-rich lenses 25 and 27 at Laror proceeding ahead of plan. In addition to delivering on the new Britannia mill refurbishment project and the development and mining of Pampakancha, there are other strategic growth initiatives we expect to execute this year. In Snow Lake, we continue to advance phase three of our gold strategy. As I mentioned, we will update our mine plan at the end of March, and we believe this new mine plan will optimize our Snow Lake milling capacity with an expected higher production rate at Lalor, improved recoveries at the stall mill, and the incorporation of the 1901 deposit into the operations. Our focus will be on implementing these mine plan enhancements while continuing to examine the opportunity to expand the New Britannia mill capacity beyond the currently planned 1,500 tons in the future. We have various exploration programs underway, including our drilling activities in Peru and Arizona that I mentioned earlier, and we continue to advance exploration agreement discussions with the community of Uchicaco on the Maria Reina and Caballito properties north of Constancia. Maria Reina is a prospective copper scar and porphyry target, and Caballito is a past-producing copper oxide mine, both of which are located within 10 kilometers north of Constancia. We also expect to be finalizing our work on the Mason Project Preliminary Economic Study, which is expected to be published this year. We believe we have several exciting optimization, expansion, and exploration opportunities that will be studied and advanced in 2021, creating many growth catalysts for the company this year. We look forward to delivering on those growth catalysts while executing our high return investment opportunities as we increase cash flows and create value for all of our shareholders. And with that, we are pleased to take your questions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then two. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. Our first question comes from Orest Waukudau of Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Um, Peter, obviously you've got a lot of growth initiatives ahead of you here. Can you give us a bit of color on, on what this Constantia North deposit could do to the mine plan 
is it substantially higher grade? And I'm also curious if your if this new mine plan that'll come out will include uh, a mill expansion at Constantia, or or is that more likely to come later? Morning, Orison. Thanks very much for the question. Look. Uh, we're currently completing the work on Constanza North, but we do expect to incorporate uh, it into our reserves at Constanza, which will extend the pitch, as I said. We'll provide more details with the annual reserves and resource updates at the end of March. Um, to your question with respect to mill, no, we are not currently planning within our mine plan for any expansion to the mill. Cashel, any additional color you'd like to provide to that? It always... Thanks, Peter. And uh, it always remains a future option to us, and it's work we're working on. Um, but this current mine plan uh, was developed to update uh, what's happening at Constantia and to incorporate uh, the Constantia Norte uh, discovery over the last couple of years. Does that answer your question for Well, I'm uh, just curious if you can give us a sense of how much better grade is the north deposit versus the main? Is it just slightly better or materially better? I would say or it's slightly better. It certainly is better than the main body. It's not as good as uh, Papakuncha. Okay. And is the idea to sequence that concurrently with Papakuncha? Uh, it, cash flow? Yeah. Uh, the idea is to incorporate it the best way optimally with an NPV optimization process. And so we run several iterations of the mine to come up with the optimum value. And we expect that some of that material will move earlier into the mine plan versus holding it for later. Okay. And, and then just finally, I mean, to me, it would seem like a, a mill expansion at Constantia would make a ton of sense um, given the, the lower grade profile of the main pit. What, what's holding you back there in terms of moving that project forward? Is it, is it a permitting issue? Uh, or I'm just curious what, why that's not being fast-tracked. Um, yeah, I think you nailed it. It's, it's, it's about the permits and the permitting process. So that's ongoing. And we sequence the permit with uh, the, uh, the process to get to different mining sequences. And so the latest one is, is with uh, the agreement on Consulta Previa, we're able to close the permit and all the permits required to mine at Papaganja. And so the next permit iteration we would work on would be including uh, something like a expansion at Constancia. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Our next question comes from Greg Barnes of TD Securities. Please go ahead. Yeah, thank you. In the MDNA or in the press release last night, there was a comment about steady state production, particularly with copper in the 22 to 2025 range. Peter, is that something in the plus 100,000 to 115,000 tons a year of copper X, or even before you've included these new mine plans in the, in the profile? Yeah, that's correct, Greg. And how long do you think you can sustain that level of production? I would say through to the uh, completion, the uh, uh, depletion of Pampacancha. Okay. And so then of 2025, 26? Uh, yeah, roughly that. And then you get some additional kick from uh, Constancia North, potentially, as Cashel mentioned. Okay. Now, on, on cost pressures, you have some upward cost pressures or some upward revisions to costs for this year. 
But we're getting mixed messages from the various companies about whether they're getting cost pressures or not getting cost pressures. I just want to nail down or get some commentary from you on what you're seeing or what you're experiencing on the cost side in this environment. Yeah, I think, uh, Greg, at uh, Cashel here, I, I think there's, there, there is definitely on our base cost, there is and there are some pressures. And um, we've seen them sort of sustainably creeping in. And they're not in the 1% or 2%, but they're not in the 10%. So they're somewhere in between. But I think we'll have real clarity on what those are and what we foresee them to be uh, with these two mine plans coming out at the, near the end of March. And that's Lawler and Constancia. And so there'll be lots of clarity on it then. Okay. And finally, Peter, I appreciate all of the talk about <clears throat> the growth initiatives you have and the things you're doing. You've been through a big phase of, of, of capital investment, but what about shareholder returns? And when do you think you'll be in a position to start talking meaningfully about um, the dividend and taking that higher? Uh, Greg, you know, um, <clears throat> I mean, shareholder returns obviously is a key element of capital allocation. It's something that we, we think about all of the time. And, and we are singularly focused on delivering what we have to so that we can enter into that phase where we actually deliver sustainable shareholder returns. But, Steve, do you want to comment on that further? Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly, Peter. And, and Greg, I, look, we, we appreciate the, uh, the, uh, the need, frankly, as, as, as I've always been schooled, that the dividends are a cost of capital and there should be set such that they're sustainable growing over the course of, uh, in the case of a cyclical, over the course of a, of a sustained cycle. Um, I also look at where we're at in terms of our opportunity set and our development potential going forward. Um, and I think as it stands now, uh, probably the better use of our capital is, uh, is ensuring that we've got a, 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 a conservatively financed balance sheet but also the financial horsepower to be able to pursue our expansion plans to be able to put us in a position to sustain to sustain that growing sustainable dividend over the over the span of time once we get ourselves positioned uh, in terms of getting uh, all of our assets working uh, as optimally as we think we can but the the question is a, is a perfectly appropriate one and something as Peter pointed out we uh, discuss actively every day okay so do you think you're about a year away from that you know, I wouldn't. Again, I, I I look at all. I think we look at all competing needs for capital, um, and depending on uh, the outcome of the Rosemont process, depending on the outcome of our uh, extensive exploration, um, we're going to have to evaluate at any given time the opportunity set versus um, expanding those returns. But it's definitely, uh, and I know this is this is perhaps cold comfort, but it's be it's more than aspirational that we want to return to the world of being a sustainable dividend payer over the cycles, uh, but we also want to make sure we get our, uh, our uh, all of our asset base working in a fashion that uh, will support that. Good. Okay. Thank you. Our next question comes from Fahad Tariq of Credit Suisse. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Uh, just following up on the last question, but more related to CapEx, as you think about the 2021 guidance, maybe can you give some color on how much of the the 340 million is kind of the deferred from 2020 versus you know maybe just higher higher strip, pre-stripping or stripping costs at Peru? Like I'm just trying to get a sense of you know obviously the overall number was a bit higher than expected. I'm just trying to get a sense of how much of that is deferrals versus you know the actual scope of the activities have increased. Thanks. 
Hard. It's um, and thanks for the question. Uh, in uh, so in Peru, we deferred approximately 20 million dollars of uh, capitalized stripping from 2020 into 2021 because uh, of the pause in mining activity during the pandemic. Uh, we also, of course, uh, moved some capital associated with Pampa Cancha into uh, uh, 2021, and then in uh, 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 at New Britannia. Quite a bit of our, I think it was approximately $20 million of uh, capital uh, was moved from 2020 into 2021. So those are the primary areas of movement from 2020 into 2021. And the rest is largely consistent with what we had before. So, you know, we had telegraphed the, the tailings work that was going to be done uh, in Peru previously, for example. We had telegraphed the tailings work that was being done in Manitoba. But those are the key elements of what has been deferred. Okay, and just that's helpful. Thank you. And, and a quick follow-up on 2020. That was obviously the capital. The capex was ahead of guidance. Now, is that most of that is talked up to the land user agreements? Is that a fair assumption? That is that is a fair assumption. Okay, and, and then just lastly on that, then you you mentioned there's obviously a few land user agreements left for 2021, but most were completed in 2020. So should we assume just like a little bit higher versus the CapEx guide just to account for that? Would that be a fair assumption as well? I, I would say that you, uh, you know, it, it will not be material. So, so we have one, one remaining negotiation with one family left to conclude, and we remain optimistic that that will be included in time to allow us to start mining activities in the second quarter. I would mention that that last negotiation, the last negotiation is always is last because it's the most complicated but we are a little bit frustrated, as is the community of Chiaroya, that it's taken so long. But we do believe that we're in the final stretches of concluding it now. And we do also think that the amount that it will entail will not be material. Okay, that's very clear. That's it for me. Thank you. Our next question comes from Jackie Przblowski of BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Uh, thanks very much, everyone, uh, for taking my question. Uh, I wanted to switch gears and talk about Manitoba for a minute. Um, I know with the triple um, uh, seven uh, accident uh, last year, you were um, you were sort of re reshuffling things a little bit and, and maybe gave you an opportunity to test out uh, some of the limits uh, at Laller. Um, I see that you've raised the guidance for 2021 to uh, to mine uh, 4650 rather than the 4500 uh, run rate that you were previously assuming. Is there uh, room to move that further uh, with triple seven closing? Does the Flin Flon mill uh, become uh, an option that you could factor into the plan um, uh, ramp access? Would that be part of the plan as well? I know this is all probably coming out in March. Um, but can you give us an idea, sort of big picture of what the opportunities are and maybe what your strategy might look like, uh, you know, two, three, four years down the road? Thanks. Yeah, sure. Happy to do that, Jackie. Thanks for the question. I mean, we've seen outstanding productivity at the Lalor mine, uh, where we averaged over 4,900 tons per day over the last couple of months. And, and that's been the result of several initiatives taken in 2020. Um, including a bunch of things that we've talked about before, the new Lalo garage, the mobile Aris mining intelligence technology system uh, that allows us to get real-time look at the operating, at the operation and to optimize safety. Um, but, you know, more than that, with the addition of people or the movement of people and equipment from 777 um, to Lalo during the um, 
the shaft outage at 777, we were able to test the uh, uh, entitlement at Lalor. And, and, you know, we, we expect that we can probably achieve an additional 650 tons per day up the ramp at Lalor, which previously we'd not done before. So I think that provides you with a sense of what might be possible. Cashel, would you comment any further on that? Or? Well, all I'd add is that obviously we have the installed capacity to treat that material after it comes up the ramp and the shaft at, uh, uh, in, in Snow Lake itself. We don't need to keep, obviously, the Flin Flon um, um, mill open. Uh, stall itself last year, as Peter said in his text, uh, was over 3,800 tons a day. And uh, I think uh, recently we achieved over 4,000 tons a day there. And the design capacity for New Brit is 1,500 tons a day. And I'd remind people that quite often when we've refurbished and or uh, we built some of these new processing facilities, quite often in the end we exceed that throughput capacity that is in the design uh, like we did at Constancia. So with that, we're over 6,000 tons a day capacity. and. Uh, like uh, Peter said, um, we're currently hoisting uh, uh, over or close to uh, 5,000 tons a day at Lawler. Um, so with an extra five or 600 up the ramp, um, we start getting what is the future of Lawler. And uh, I think we'll have some clarity for that uh, at the end of March. That's, that's great. Thank you. And maybe just a follow-up question on Manitoba. Um, the guidance that you gave um, last night for 2021 at Manitoba, um, if I'm comparing that with the guidance that you gave around this time last year, it looks like your zinc production for this year is lower than you had previously expected, and maybe the precious metals are higher. Um, you've broken it out a little differently before, but if I use the same conversion ratio, it uh, looks like your precious metals are higher. Is this uh, a function of maybe just changing the mine plan? Are you are you accessing a different part of the Lawler ore body uh, in 2021 than what you had previously planned, or or what's driving those changes? Yeah, I think what it is, it's it's a preparation. Uh, the Manitoba team is actually stockpiling some of our pre-test ore out of zones 25 and 27, which are our gold zone and our copper gold zone. Um, also, there's been a focus to prepare those zones and mine those zones more intensely to take advantage of the higher grade. And in any sort of NPV optimization, you're looking for the value of ore and the margin on the value of ore rather than a metal itself. And so with these optimizations, what we see is, is we're seeing that value more in the gold end of it. We'll continue to mine zinc, um, but Obviously, uh, the Lawler zinc grade is declining as the mine ages, and uh, we took advantage, obviously, of the zinc up front because the zinc was in the shallower part of the mine in the first part we accessed, and we accessed that higher grade first. So we're doing the same with the gold now uh, in late 2021, and again, with the mine plan that we will uh, publish in uh, March, it'll give more clarity to that uh, Perfect. That's it for me. Thanks very much, Cash and Peter. Thanks. Our next question comes from Dalton Corretto of Canaccord. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, Peter and team. Uh, Peter, sticking with Manitoba, and probably a bigger picture question for you. While you were speaking, copper went up to four bucks a pound. Gold's in the 1700s now, and you're just a few months away from the new mine plan as well as the completion of new bread. How are you thinking about that business now, just in the context of your portfolio? Uh, <laughs> Dalton, we, we're loving it. 
it, it doesn't change our view uh, with respect to how we're focusing on the asset. You know, so as I've said uh, consistently over the last few quarters, uh, we are in delivery mode right now, and, and we are singularly focused on getting uh, new brick refurbishment up and running so that we can deliver those gold ounces as well as uh, enhanced copper recoveries as well with, uh, with what we're talking about with uh, store mill enhancements. So, uh, you know, once we've completed this work and we've done all of this optimization work through the rest of the year, then I think we can pause and we can think of what it might mean. But, you know, to, to some of the questions that you've heard before, we really, really want to accelerate cash flows in this company and take advantage of the current environment so that we can actually start pursuing other initiatives and returning cash to our shareholders. So, you know, again, as I've said before, no apologies for, for cash flows. Uh, we think this business is a great business. We think that there's a lot of potential to be exposed uh, through continuing with our um, uh, uh, optimization efforts uh, and uh, performance improvement efforts in Manitoba. And, you know, sometime we'll pause and we'll figure what that all means to us. But we are on a rip right now to try to deliver, and we're not getting uh, – uh, defocused by what the world might be or what it might mean later on. Okay, great. And then just maybe speaking of some of these other initiatives. Uh, so on Rosemont, you've got a decision now coming sometime in H2. And, you know, fingers crossed for you guys. But what happens if it's not successful? Um, what, what do you do then? And how fast can you move on some of these alternative options? That's a great question. So, look, uh, as I've always said, you know, we we have we continue to remain focused on uh, the appeals process as our primary area of focus. Uh, but at the same time, we do continue to pursue alternatives. What I can say is that I am convinced that we will build Rosemont in one way or another. So, uh, you know, while we wait for the decision to be rendered. We continue to investigate other opportunities. We continue to look at expanding our resource base. But I think let's, let's wait for that decision, and then we'll have a much clearer picture. But we will, you know, I believe we will develop Rosemont. Okay, great. And then just maybe one final one from me. Um, with regards to the expired CBAs, and particularly in Peru, you know, just with the run in the copper price and an election coming on April 11th, um, and just given what happened with Condelaria last year, are you at all concerned? Dalton, um, no, we're not concerned, in short. The, the reason why I say so is that, you know, in Manitoba, we haven't had a strike in 20 years. Uh, we have a good relationship with our employees, and we, uh, we continue to, or we haven't had a strike, I think we had one small strike in 20, in 20 years. But we have a great relationship with our employees. We understand uh, what the issues are. We are in dialogue with them. Uh, we, we don't believe that this will end up in an interruption. And in Peru, the same thing. You know, we are in discussion with our employees. There are a couple of elements that remain to be resolved. But at the end of the day, I don't think that it will result in an interruption. So short answer to your question is that while we remain focused on it and we are, of course, dialogue with our employees is incredibly important, we are not concerned about interruptions. That's great. Thank you, Peter. Our next question comes from Stephen Yano of Cormark Securities. Please go ahead. 
Great, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, just just curious. Um, shifting gears to the exploration, just on the exploration in particular, north uh, regional exploration north of Constantia right now. That's that's now underway. Um, if I remember correctly, there was a pretty compelling geophysical anomaly there. Can you just maybe comment, like, is it on how big the the drill program is there to start with? And is it? Can you remind me? Is, is it sort of a, a near surface target, or is it something that may be a bit deeper? Yeah, so uh, uh, I'll give you a few comments and then I'll let Cash will expand a little bit. But so we only have one drilling program underway at present, which is on the Kawincha North property. Mm -hmm. um, on With respect to Maria Reina and Caballito, we are negotiating with the community of Uchicago in order to get surface rights to start, allow us to start drilling. And then we have to go through the permitting process, including consulta previa process, uh, which, would, uh, which would deliver the permits required. Our assessment under the current uh, law regime is that it will be unlikely that we will start drilling before the end of this year or early next year on those targets, but we are continuing to drill at, uh, we are drilling at Kewincha North, and we expect to be able to talk, speak to some of those results in the quarters ahead of us. Now, with respect to uh, the depth of mineralization, Cashel, do you want to comment on that? Yeah, all of what we're targeting is uh, similar to Constancia and Papagancha. It's all shallow uh, targets uh, generated from uh, VTEM geological mapping and ground geophysics. Quincha Norte, although it's not our uh, number one target as we speak about, uh, Caballito or Maria Arena, it is a very good target and we're drilling there currently. So that's a great sign for us. Uh, we got started early despite the uh, uh, rainy season here now. Um, with that, too, we do have a permit to drill on another prospect in northern uh, Peru that we're quite excited about. It's near the uh, community of a city of a million people, about three hours away uh, on the mid-coast of Peru, uh, Trujillo. The, the property is called Yegen. So we're quite excited uh, at the end of this rainy season to get started there with some uh, follow-up uh, advanced exploration. There's quite a number of drill holes already there indicating uh, uh, mineral endowment. And then I would also mention our other exploration efforts in Manitoba to follow up on some targets like the 1901 between uh, Lawler and um, 1901 itself. <clears throat> and of course, uh, we're drilling currently in uh, the Helvetia Historical Copper Mining District uh, that saw mining continuous from uh, the late 1800s to the mid-1900s. Um, we're following up, I think there's some 20 sort of pick and shovel underground operations. And uh, currently we have three drills turning there. And I think we're gonna go up with a couple more drills and we're excited to talk about what we see there geologically. And uh, when we uh, get fulsome report on all our assays, both the total copper and the sequential copper assays, uh, we're excited to report those uh, along in the timeline with our two mine plans at Constancia and Waller. Okay, okay, great. And maybe just yeah, just on Manitoba, is is all the exploration there then focused right now around the epicenter of sort of Lailor in 1901, or is there any sort of broader regional stuff looking maybe under that, you know, sort of Paleozoic cover and whatnot? Yeah, right now the focus is the Chisel Basin itself uh, okay. to really understand what is the endowment available to us to optimize now the two plants we have, the base metal and the gold plant uh, that are within truckable distance to Snow Lake. So that's the principal focus right now in Manitoba. And as I said, you know, the other focus are some of the uh, quite compelling targets we have north of Constancia at Yegan and, of course, uh, uh, adjacent and north to our Rosemont uh, deposit.
on our private channel. Okay, great. Thanks very much, guys. Once again, if you have a question, please press star, then 1. Our next question comes from John Tumazos of John Tumazos Research. Please go ahead. Thank you very much. Congratulations on all the progress. With the good copper price, uh, are there any mitigations you might do given the historic volatility of the copper price or the company, such as buying puts or uh, raising equity to repay debt? Uh, secondly, uh, what is your minimum size threshold uh, for pursuing uh, new projects? We know there's Rosemont and Ann Mason and the various zones in Manitoba, but uh, there might be some medium-sized copper projects that look a lot more robust with the copper price rebound. Uh, John, thanks for your question. It's Steve here. Um, I think your question is, Two sides of the same one. You kind of, I, and I don't want to. If I misread, please tell me. But I think your first question is: Do we have any intent to perhaps hedge, to uh, to take advantage of this robust copper environment? And uh, our traditional answer has been no. We like the exposure to the spot market. Um, it's been rewarding thus far, and I think our shareholders appreciate the fact that we have not taken that uh, joy out of the uh, copper price. Um, so I think that policy remains in place. We may strategically look at it now and again on a short-term basis to try to have, and we typically do get uh, quotational period pricing, but outside of that, we're not looking at this point in time of hedging the long-term. Had we, you know, if we're in the midst of building an asset like a Rosemont or something that had financing conditions that maintain certain cash flow levels, we might entertain that, but then again, that would be short-term and really looked at from the development perspective. And as, as it relates to raising equity to repay debt, um, I think obviously the prices are robust, um, but we, as I've said on many occasions, we're in the process today of transforming uh, two assets through the acquisition of the Papaconcha Pit and obviously through the uh, refocusing of the Lawler and Snow Lake Camp on the gold assets and the new Brit refurbishment. Both of those are gonna generate substantial capital. Um, and at this point, uh, I think raising equity uh, would, uh, while it may be advantageous in terms of paying down debt, it's, I, I'm not sure our, uh, our shareholders see it as, a, uh, as the way when we're in, in a world of returning in a very short order to generating uh, significant free cash flow as a consequence of the pricing and the, uh, and the changes we're making to the portfolio. So there, are, there aren't any terms in the near, there aren't any thoughts in the near term where we'd issue equity. And John, what I is your minimum size threshold? I, uh, we, uh, John, we don't really consider things in terms of uh, minimum size because if you look at some of the uh, projects that we are undertaking um, at, at you know, uh, our brownfield sites, we, we have no shame in investing $20 million for you know, a, a one-year payback, for example. So we, we don't think in terms of minimum size thresholds. You know, in bigger picture, when we think in terms of our production profile, uh, then I think the minimum threshold you're referring to might be more appropriate. Uh, but again, it's a matter of returns. If, you know, if, we, if we could put into production quickly and easily a 20,000 ton a, a year copper producer, we would consider it, provided the returns are right. Uh, obviously, we 
uh, we have the capacity uh, to develop much larger assets. Uh, so we look what's uh, optimal in the context of uh, good for the organization and what, uh, what uh, our technical and execution skills might permit. So there's no hard and fast answer, uh, but over time for sure we would like to be uh, expanding our copper production profile. Thank you. The wider answer is most refreshing. This concludes the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Candice Brule for any closing remarks. Thank you, operator, operator, and thank you everyone for participating today. Please feel free to reach out to our investor relations team if you have any further questions. This concludes our call, and you can disconnect your lines now. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.